You're listening to the Shoot for Success Photography Podcast, and on today's episode, it's a conversation between me and another awesome photographer, Gina Golden, and we're going to be talking all things mindset and what may be holding you back that you didn't even know was. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Sean Brown, and if you had told me years ago that I would be a professional photographer today, I would have said that you were crazy. Since then, I've been able to grow my photography business to six figures per year and haven't looked back. Now, with over eight years of experience of figuring out what to do and more importantly, what not to do, I help photographers build the thriving photography business that they've always dreamed of so that they can have more time, flexibility, and freedom to do what they truly want to do. And you wanna know the best part? I'm showing you how to make that happen for yourself in this audio series. This is Shoot for Success. Hey, photography friend, Sean Brown here, and this is an awesome episode. It's going to be a little bit of a longer one. You know what? I actually haven't even checked how long we ran. It may be a little bit lengthy, but that is only because the conversation was absolutely incredible. So excited to get this episode out and to you all. And in this episode, one of the things that we touched on, which is a topic that I am extremely passionate about is how do we get past where we may be stuck in our business? Namely, what is holding us back that we didn't know was holding us back? And a lot of the times it is because of imaginary or made up things that we think we have holding us back in our business, but it's really all just in our head with self-doubts or limiting beliefs. And we dive into that. By the way, if you have not watched or listened to, I should say, the Limiting Beliefs episode on the podcast. That is episode number 48 and is a really tremendous episode. So watch this, listen to this, I should say, and then go check out episode number 48. And that walks you through kind of some more of the uh, action items that you can take to overcome those limiting beliefs that you may hold and how to discover those if you aren't sure what limiting beliefs that you may have. Uh, Before we get started with the conversation, I also want to remind you that as part of the Shoot for Success listener base, one of the things that we do is a quarterly giveaway for somebody who leaves a review on iTunes for the podcast. And you also can hit that star button on Spotify now, by the way. But when you're listening on iTunes, go ahead and leave a review. Let me know what it is about the Shoot for Success Photography podcast that you enjoy, what you want to hear more of, what big takeaways or business breakthroughs you've had. And when you do that, all you have to do is screenshot that review and then send it to me via email, info at shootforsuccess.com podcast.com. And I will actually enter you to win a free video coaching call with me where we can hop on Zoom and dive into parts of your business that you may wish were working better. So reminder for that. But as we cut to today's episode, this is a really great conversation between me and a friend, Gina Golden. So we actually met just recently in person for the first time at the Sync Conference. She's actually a speaker there next year, and she runs Senior Studio Success. She has got an Instagram. She's also got a podcast. So we kind of did a dual podcast where we basically, I said, let's hit the record button and let's see what happens. And we went from there, but it was a super fun episode, and we we talked a lot. We have very similar mindsets and thought processes along a lot of what we talked about today. So it's going to be a really great episode. We just kind of bounce things off of each other and uh, just talked. And it was just a really enlightening episode. And it was really great to have that conversation with her. So if you're unfamiliar with Gina, she is a senior photographer. She's based in uh, one of the suburbs of Atlanta, kind of serving the Alpharetta, Marietta, Johns Creek area, for those of you who are familiar with that region. And she's been in business since 2005, or photographing since 2005, and also specializes in seniors. And one of the things about Gina is that she is a mom, so she has a couple a couple kids and one of the three boys, I should say, to be exact. And one of the things is she brings a really great great, I should say, perspective for fellow moms who may listen to the podcast. So one of the things that she prides herself on is being able to do 
what she loves while also being there for her family. We we talk about that a little bit on today's episode, but you're going to want to make sure to really listen to this whole thing because there are a lot of great takeaways that you can then learn to implement into your business so that you can have the business that ultimately allows you to book more seniors, make more money, and create a thriving senior photography business that allows you to have that freedom flexibility, and time to do what you truly want to do. So we'll cut to the episode. You're not going to want to miss this one. This is so exciting, Sean. I'm so happy that we're finally getting to sit down and talk together. We've been trying to do this forever. So we're just going to roll right into this um, and let both of our audiences know Gosh, some of mine may not know who you are. I don't know how they wouldn't know who you are. You're like Patrick uh, Star. They've been living under a rock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Mr. Sean Brown, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. So I'm. So you guys can't see on the video, and I'm like, I'm trying to hold back a laugh because <laughs> as we were planning this whole thing, Gina is. Um, very organized and structured and perhaps uh yours truly is the complete opposite where as we were looking at show notes gina's like let's do let's talk about like this and this and i show her my page and it has six words written on it for our entire episode so this may go south real quick but it's gonna be real fun too but meanwhile i'm hyperventilating over here going but we don't have a full outline and (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be so fun so um, I'm Sean Brown, so I'm a senior photographer as well. So I'm based in the Portland, Oregon market and have am covered in mud still because I literally am recording this right after we got back from the tulip farms, which are amazing right now this time of year. And I am also an educator, so I help high school senior photographers really define what they want to do in their business and create a business that allows them to have that time, flexibility, and freedom that they want. So really excited to talk about today. And then do you want to intro yourself? Because we're doing this as a joint podcast. So give my audience a a little uh, intro about who you are. I know this is super exciting and totally different, I think, than what we're both used to. So it should be fun. Um, Yeah, Gina Golden, I have been in the industry probably a little bit longer than you, Sean. Um, (laughs) What year did you start? 2005. Were you in in kindergarten? Yeah. (laughs) Just coming out of diapers. How'd you know? So yeah, I picked up my first big girl camera in 2005. I opened my first studio in 2007. And there's my dog. This is real life stuff right here. Okay. So um, yeah, I opened my first studio in 2007. Never looked back. I started um, concentrating in seniors pretty much right out of the gate. You know, I did like every other photographer. You have to figure out what you like, what you're good at. I fell in love with seniors and probably the best decision I could have made was was to niche down and really get known in my area for seniors. So I um, I run a small boutique style studio and um, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way because it has allowed me the opportunity to raise my kids, spend time with them after school, being a mom too. That was always my first priority. I have three boys. So, um, so yeah, I wanted to set up my business around my life and not the other way around. And that's really what I help my clients with now that I've gotten into the education space. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. And I think it's like, it's so important to do that. And that's something, you know, that's exactly what I, you know, my, what I always tell my students is like, one of the things that I see them struggle with mm-hmm. is that what, especially if you're new in the industry where they come in and they see other photographers having success and they say, okay, if Gina's doing this, if Sean is doing this, if so-and-so is doing this, then I need to do that too. Yes. And so often what happens is I think that we lose track of exactly what you're saying, where it's like, what is the business that you're trying to build? And I know we're going like deep, like right off the bat. Right That's off just the kind game. of how I, I roll. It. Let's do it. And one of the things that I love that you bring that up is that photographers lose sight of that, where they yeah. say, I, in order to be quote unquote successful, I need to book 80 seniors a year, or mm-hmm. I need to do you know, a hundred seniors a year. I'm not, 
I'm, I'm not successful until I have a $4,000 sales average or something like that. And it's like, you need to look back and see where are you trying to go? What does it take to get you there? And what makes you happy? Because at the end of the day, if you're doing things and you're miserable in your business where you're working, you never see your family, you don't have any time to go to your kids' soccer games, you don't have any time to spend with your significant other, you don't have any time to travel, and you're spending all this time doing things that you probably left the corporate world or, you know, are trying to get away from. You know, we need to restructure your business and we need to do that. So I love that you work with that, with your clients, because I think that's the most critical piece of the business. Yeah, we definitely lose sight of what we want. And, and when you are new, you're, you don't know, right? Um, Not necessarily, you don't know what you want. You, you don't know how to get there. So you start mimicking other photographers who look successful on the outside, right? But we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. So you start, and I hate to use the word copy, but you use them as inspiration. Well, do you really know that that's a successful business? And then you get in there, you mimic their their business, their website, their shooting style, their, you know, whatever. Um, and then it falls apart behind the scenes and you don't know why. Yeah. Um, my favorite is like, I don't know if you've ever done this. My favorite is like, sometimes I'll go to like, she just signaled for the timeout folks. I did because my dog is like scratching on the door. All right. Go put him in the penalty box, Gina. We were laughing because in my podcast, we would just roll with this. And Gina's yeah, like, no, we got to cut it out. might. And on mine, we might edit it out because um, I'm like that. But for Sean's sake, I may leave it in. I love um, it. <laughs> this is just my style, guys. Like, yeah. So I, I forget what I was saying. Um, Something about, oh, it was the plagiarism checker. Oh I don't know God. if you've ever gone to those. And my favorite thing in the world where you're like, oh, I'll just like, you know, uses photographers like, you know, a little bit on their website or whatever. And it's like, Sean is a photographer in Vancouver, Washington. And they like forget to change. So like your name, has that ever happened to you? Uh, I have not checked it, but I have seen that happen to other photographers or um, yeah. uh, Or insert your studio name here. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't get changed on forms or website copy or stuff yeah. like that. It makes me laugh. But um, but yeah, I think you've got to start with what you want and you got to build a business to support your life and your long-term goals. Um, so yeah, I think people struggle with that yeah. a lot. And I think sometimes maybe they don't even know what they want. I'm curious, how did you break into like what did what made you Chase photography. Oh gosh. I probably have the same bio that every other mom has, right? I started taking pictures of my kids and, (laughs) and then my friends asked me to take pictures of their kids. And they said, you're pretty good at this. You should do this for a living. And I was like, okay, here, give me $10. I'll do it. (laughs) So I learned real fast. That was not sustainable, but, um, but yeah, I, um, started just wanting to, to, take better pictures of my own kids. And then I absolutely fell in love with it. I mean, I kind of always had the eye for it. I just didn't know the technical side. And I'm very driven, very competitive type person. And I always knew I wanted a business. I just didn't know what it would be. Um, And then just photography fell into my lap. Um, And it worked with now that I had kids, I could do it and stay at home. I was like, oh, I can do this. But it took me a while to get to the point where I knew how to run it profitably. Did I say that right? Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Make a profit and not just make a profit, but make a living out of it. And um, I think that's I definitely see that with my students is that people think that they're profitable, but really if they had to stand on their own two feet, they couldn't. Um, And that is one thing that is a big passion for mine and uh, of mine is, um, is making sure that, I mean, I work with a lot of women. And so we talk about things like 
you know, nothing in life is guaranteed. You know, I have my own story about that. And, um, you know, when you have to learn how to support yourself financially by yourself, it's not, you know, it's not a hobby anymore. You have to learn how to really run it like a business. And I, I try to get at least my students to the point where if anything did happen in their life where they had to be on their own for whatever reason that they could that they could do that. Um, cause there's not a scarier place to be, I think, than, yeah. than to not be able to support yourself financially. It's, it's not a game anymore. It's not a fun hobby anymore when you have to support yourself and your family. So, um, I think that's just so important to know your numbers and, and to really be able to, to support. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And it's, it's interesting you say that because it is, it's a real thing when you have to be like, I need to, I need to make this like, I don't have a choice. And you you know, my story, Mm -hmm. yeah, my story isn't your story where it's like, you know, I didn't really, I didn't think I was going to do photography, but I kind of went into a position where I didn't give myself a choice to push my business. I remember literally sitting, I went to school up at university of Washington. Okay. I went there because I have a great science program. All my life, I thought I was going to be a cardiologist. That's right. I remember hearing your story a little bit. Okay. Yeah. All my life, I was like, easy path. I have a path forward. It's clear because guess what? There isn't, there's no way to deviate from this path if I want to get to where I'm going, where it's, you go to college, you get good grades, you take the MCAT, which is the medical school admissions test to get in. Uh You go to medical school you hope that you get paired with a residency and then you go into your specialty. That's what you do. Like that's the path. And I realized it was like, at one point I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Is this truly what makes me happier? Am I just doing this because it's the safe thing to do quote unquote, where, you know, you're going to get an income, you know, you're going to make a decent living. You know that, you know, you probably aren't going to have too many hardships in terms of like, financial stability or job market or stuff like that. Like they're, you know, how often do you see help wanted signs for doctor's offices? Like, <laughs> right. Not often. Right. And a point in, in that was like, am I doing this just because it's like socially accepted and yeah. it's, it's something that people don't look at you and say, Oh, you're a doctor. Right. Yeah, we get that a lot as photographers and yeah. it's like, Oh, you're a photographer. What do you do for your day job? Right. And then I basically canceled out my MCAT junior year. And I told myself after senior year of college, I was going to go full time into photography. Wow. I didn't give myself a choice. I didn't give myself a backup option. And so when I teach photographers, I do the exact same thing you do, which is, yeah, you need to know your numbers because it's like, you know, what if something happens? Would you rather be in a stable financial spot in your business? Or do you want to, you know, risk? being in the deep end without a floaty. Yeah. Right. As cute as those swan floaties are, you probably <laughs> want it when you're in the deep end and you're like, <laughs> no shore is around. Right. Yeah. And so it's interesting to hear you say that because for a lot of your photographers, it's like, they're coming from a very different place. And I think that you are in a good spot where you can meet them there. Whereas this is just a dude where it's like, I don't have a family yet. Right. It's just me that I have to support, but they're coming from a completely different spot where they may have that security from a significant other, but it's like, you know, it sounds morbid, but what if something happens to them? What if there's always a, what if, you know, and, um, you know, that being supported is amazing. Right. I, I lived that life, right. It was safe and it was secure, but I think that it can be both a blessing and a curse to your business. You don't take it as seriously. You always have a little extra in the bank. You don't have to rely 100% on you. Um, so it's a great thing, but I think we just always need to be prepared to, you know, just to be able to to, to fall and, and land on your feet um, if you have to. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I know that we work with the same type of clients um, mostly women, right. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly moms and, um, yeah, we struggle with a lot of things. Um, so that's cool. Um, 
Yeah. Just not being uh, taken seriously. That reminded me. Um, I mean, I still have family that still don't really know (laughs) what I do or take it seriously. You know, I'll still get those. Are you still doing that picture taking thing? (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, yeah, I am. (laughs) My favorite response is, well, the IRS says so. (laughs) As we were talking about that today, as we were like both getting our tax stuff done. Yeah, I had my real job. I went to college. I got my degree. I was doing corporate taxes, but I hated it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely hated it. And I knew that I didn't want to be working 60 hours a week in a corporate office, not being able to see my kids. And so that's why when this opportunity just kind of came around that I I went for it. Um, The problem was I was still working 40 to 60 hours a week because I didn't really know what I was doing. I did not have my boundaries set. I didn't have my pricing. Like I was, I was probably paying people to let me take their pictures. Right. And I, and it still happens today. I mean, we both work with shoot and burn photographers starting out like that. And, and um, so I I get it completely. It wasn't shoot and burn when I started. It was just shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot and Shoot and Prince? CD. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, shoot and CD. Yeah. Literally, no, literally burning the CD. That was You're a thing. Burning the CD. I guess I you remember, were, yeah. like, I'm not that old. I'm not that young as people, you know, make I me know. out to be. They're like, oh, yeah, baby Sean over here. No. I, I still remember the days of going on, on the computer. Uh-huh. It was show and tell. And your music teacher would be like, hey, bring your, this is like elementary school. And they're like, bring your favorite song. And you had to burn it on a CD and you like wrote your name and you like wrote the song title and you like sit in like a circle, like Kumbaya and listen to your song. So I was, you know, six or seven year old Sean jamming out to Beatles music in elementary school. That was my jam from a CD that we burned just like we do for senior photos. Well, yeah, did for do, senior photos. But do you remember the digital cameras with a floppy disk in the side? That I don't. I think I got my first digital camera. It was like a Kodak. So, you know, they're <laughs> yeah. well out of business now. And it, it, it did, I want to say, it did have an SD card. So this was probably, this was probably like 2004. Okay. Yeah. It was like SD. You know, it wasn't like this. Was what were they called? CF cards, the bigger ones. I'm like ninety five percent sure it was SD. No, I shoot on okay. CF cards nowadays. Oh, I'm yeah. going. I'm going back in. In uh, I, I go backwards. I'm like Benjamin Button. All my technology <laughs> ages backwards, where it starts new and then I get old. No, it's like I still <laughs> on the one DX. So I shoot like those hardcore C uh compact nice. or what is it? Compact flash. I don't know what they're called. I don't. I told you I'm not very technical. Dude, I'm not technical either. People are like, what's your favorite camera? I'm like, <laughs> whatever oh. takes a photo. <laughs> Wherever I know where the buttons are. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I was killing myself. I was telling. Um. I was shooting whenever. I was meeting whenever. Um, I had to learn some lessons the hard way. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you lived that yourself. 100%. I think every photographer does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think it, there's a lot of people pleasing that comes in with that. You know, you're, you're, you feel like you're almost at the mercy of your clients because you're new and you're starting and you need them, right? It's not until that flip gets switched that um that you can start to to reverse that process a little bit and like no I don't need them they want me right yeah um and and that's where things start to change and happen well and I and I think that plays into like the mindset and limiting beliefs that we had like written down as like one of our show notes today yeah which is as photographer, as, as human beings, we have so many thoughts that hold us back. I'm so excited that you're going here. Yeah. Well, this is something I'm, I'm anybody who has ever like listened to like one of my like trainings or or classes or anything like that. 
until you can overcome those, you will not move your business forward. No, you can't. If you have an, a, a, a thought or a story in your head that this isn't going to work, they're not going to pay me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's or anything. And that, yeah, anything like that. Um, like, and it even goes, I think it even goes deeper because, and from my perspective, this may be different from yours as well. And I'm curious to hear your take on this. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, my limiting beliefs were like, I'm not going to do for, for a little while. I was like, I'm not going to do this full time because I was like, what, you know, what are other people going to think? What are my friends and family going to think? Because one of the things from my perspective was, okay, here's this guy going to college. He was planning on going to medical school and now he wants to do this photography thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there any money in that? Is that actually a career? Mm. And for a long time, And it was really interesting. My brother actually, and I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast or anything like that, or even told the story to any photographer for a, for a while. One of my limiting beliefs was like, if I say I'm a photographer, people are going to think like, I'm just that hobbyist. Like I just, Oh, my uncle's a photographer too. Right. Kind of that mentality. And so for a while we would just be in like, random settings and somebody would be like, Oh, like, what do you do? And I would say, I run a business. I wouldn't say I'm a photographer. I would say I run a business. Okay. Because I was afraid to say that I was a photographer because I was afraid of the social stigma that went alongside it. Hmm. And I, that was one of my limiting beliefs. And it wasn't until my brother pointed it out and he's like, why don't you say you're a photographer? Wow. And it wasn't until I had that reflection of saying, this isn't just a hobby. This isn't just something that I'm doing on the side. This isn't just, you know, a person going out with their camera, taking photos. This is actually what I do for a living. And this is, I actually have an impact on the clients that I serve. Yeah. I see them have self-empowerment. I see them build self-confidence. And I think it's once you realize your true value and what it is that you're doing and that it is valuable that you are doing this, that you start to move past that. And for me, that was the very first domino that needed to fall before I was able to truly scale up and grow my business. I love that. Yeah. I I never struggled with that. I was always able to introduce myself as a photographer. It was the, um, it was the money side of it for me. And I don't know if it was really a belief thing as much as it was an I don't understand how to do this thing. I'm very stubborn. And um, so I don't know. I I tell you where I have had some limiting beliefs is moving from or moving into the coaching space mm. because you think, well, who am I? to teach other photographers how to do this. And then I have to remind myself, oh yeah, this is what you've done, right? This is the business that you've built. You have a freaking awesome business, Gina. You can do this, but that's tough. You know, you question yourself, well, I don't know everything yet. Well, what if they ask me something and and I say something wrong? Or um, what if I mess somebody else's business up? You know, like you have all those things that run through your head. So yeah, um, ultimately, I tell my, we just had a big powwow. I called a family meeting the other day in my group. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I called it too. I said, family meeting, you know, oh, I'm, I'm making typing sounds, uh, (laughs) hand signals. Y'all can't see it yet. (laughs) There you go. Um, um, But I just posted it in the group and I was like, family meeting right now, because there was a lot of negativity going on in this one post. Um, And I had asked them, I said, do you believe that you're going to hit the goals that you set at the beginning of this, and I got a lot of no's, or well, I think so, but well, if this weren't happening, but um, I, you know, a lot of if if this, then that, and that sort of thing. And I said, nope, nope, nope. I want a yes or a no. Do you believe it or do you not believe it? And they, a lot of them had to eventually say no. And then I was like, okay, family meeting right now, because if you don't believe you're going to 
hit those goals, then, then there's no way you ever will Mm -hmm. because our results will always mirror the things that we believe. Yeah. Right. If you don't think that you can do it, then you can't. Well, and then, you know, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy and, you know, in psychology where it's a real thing where if you, it's like, whether you know it or not, what, and whether you know the outcome or not, I should say, mm-hmm. whether you know you're going to hit your goals, whether you know you're going to book somebody, you know, book one of your clients, whether you know you're going to actually be able to fill your senior rep program, like raise your prices and people will pay, whatever it may be. Like you mentioned, if you don't be that person that is going to do it, you're never going to be. And it's right. like, it manifests in, in interesting ways, I found where it's even things on like a phone call where mm-hmm. it's like you, I don't know, let's say you do in-person phone call or uh, phone calls for like consultations or something like that, or in-person consultations. And rather than saying, you know, here's what I do, et cetera, yada, 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 the experience, here's my pricing. And then you say weird things like, I know it's expensive, but like, but, it's going to be a really yeah. good time. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not the cheapest photographer in town. Like you're almost apologizing ahead of time or justifying ahead of time. And I'm like, what are you doing? No. Well, yeah. And it's like the photographers, like if you don't, if you're not trained and you don't understand and recognize that Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Like I know, you know, it's like, oh yeah, like my prices are worth it. But if you don't truly believe it, like there's a difference between like saying it at a surface level and actually living it. Yeah. And acting on that belief. And you touched on it a second ago, being that person, you have to be the person that charges that amount. You have to be the person that runs that type of studio before you get that amount, before you run that type of studio, right? You have to make the decisions that that person would make long before you're ever that person. Yeah. And I, I just wrapped up is like the, the training series I did. So, you know, it's long gone by the time we air this podcast, but one of the things that I touch on is like, what are the role, like different, what are the different stages of your photography business? Like we've all been through that. And one of them is like, you know, I call it like the hustler where it's like, you know, you're spending hours doing it and you feel like, you know, once I work enough, like it's going to happen. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I think we all are there where it was like, that was me in the beginning where it's like, me too, all of us. Yeah. It's like, if I just work hard enough, it will come eventually. Mm -hmm. And then you have like the dedicated where it's like, oh yeah, like things are starting to work, but I like, I don't know what next steps to take, but I I know that in order to like make it, I need to do something different because what I'm doing now is just resulting in what the results that I'm getting now are right. Mm -hmm. Like the actions I'm taking now are, are not going to change if I don't do something different. And the results, therefore, aren't either. And then you move into like what I call the thriving senior photographer role. Mm -hmm. And it's not until you believe that you can do that and that you start acting like that, where it's not until you say, okay, I'm going to, you know, have a senior rep program. I'm going to have higher prices and I'm not going to be unapologetic. You know, I'm not going to be apologetic for it. I'm going to be unapologetic in what it is that I do and who I am. Mm -hmm. And it's not until you can move into that role and leave your beliefs behind of I'm not good enough or, you know, there are better photographers out there or I live in a small town and so therefore nobody values it or I live in a big town and there are a million photographers and therefore I'm not going to ever stand out. Like until we get past that and say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be the thriving senior photographer. I'm not going to let my circumstances define who it is that I am and, and my success. Yep. And those are all encompassing from, you know, that's all kind of the, under the umbrella of limiting beliefs. Yeah. If you look Absolutely. at it. Yeah. Yeah. It has. Um, and if you, if you don't show up as that person, you're not going to see that success. Um, I mean, I tell you, you have to learn how to do the consult, right? You have to learn how to do the sales. And if you go into those situations timid or questioning yourself or questioning um, your client or prospective client, you're going to have a tougher time. Um, I always try to tell my students, you know, don't come into that consult scared. 
those people booked that consult. They, they filled out that contact form. They scheduled that call for a reason. They want to work with you. So why are you questioning it? Don't question it. They want, they want you, they see something valuable in you. You have to see it for yourself. Yeah. It's not like, it's like that TikTok trend where it's like somebody's <laughs> saying something and it's like the other person's like pretending to have like a gun to her head. Like the clients, like they're, nobody's forcing them to fill right? out. <laughs> like they are not under, it's not like they're going to jail if <laughs> they don't fill out your contact form. Like there is a reason that they want this. And somehow we think we're not good enough. Yeah. Or that we're making them spend the money or that we're taking money from them. No, they want to give it to us. Yeah. They want to. Um, That's the biggest thing. So recently um, in my mastermind group, somebody posted and they're like, I'm heading into an image premiere, like an ordering session. Mm -hmm. And they listed every single thing that that client wanted. And it Mm -hmm. was like, it was totally up like, I think like re- what it would have been retail cost was like over eight grand. And one of the things that they said in the post was like, they didn't explicitly say it, but I picked up on it, which was, and that's one of the things we do as coaches is like, you may not say it, but we know what you're thinking, <laughs> kind of where you're coming from most of the time, because we've lived it and we've been there ourselves. And one of the things that basically came into account was, they, they felt the need to discount their products mm. just because. And it's it touches on what you said, which is like, you're not forcing them to spend that money. And I basically asked them the question. Um, and it was something along the lines of like, well, it, based on what your pricing is, you know, we have collections and stuff. This was like all, all a cart item. So it wasn't like a specific collection they had or anything. And they basically came to me with a number and I said, that's what you, that's what you sell it to them for. Yeah. Because they know what they're getting into. You're not forcing them to do anything. Mm -hmm. And it's like that client. And it's like, as our, you know, we have the same business mentor, actually, for those of you who don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, what he always says is, you know, your clients limiting beliefs about money are not the same as yours. No. And the first time it really hit me was I was sitting in an ordering session and I saw these acrylic blocks are like five by seven. They retail for like three fifty a piece. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, three fifty, three fifty, three fifty. It's basically three five by seven prints. And they added three of those to their order, and they were basically ordering them like it was like, you know, they were at the donut shop and picking if they wanted sprinkles and maple bar glazed, whatever. Yeah, very nonchalant. And at the end of the session, they hand me their Amex black. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, that has a $15,000 initiation fee. And you have to be invited to use that card. It's for a very select group of Amex people. And it was at that point where I said, I may not, I, you know, I may not do that at a, at a senior session or photo session or whatnot, but that doesn't mean that somebody else will. And you in no way are forcing them into that situation. No. Um, yeah, I just, uh, recorded a podcast last week. And again, this will be much later when this is, you know, aired, but, or published, but yeah, I I can remember one of the things that I had jotted down in my show notes that are much different than your little bullet points that you have there, (laughs) which we're rolling with today. And it's been, we're doing great. Right. But, um, you got to stay out of your client's wallets. It's none of our business. Right. Yeah, the things that I think about money, just what you said, are, are going to be different. And, and it's not fair for us to put our beliefs onto them. They have their own money stories that they um, and that they deal with. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not right or or fair for us to judge um, what they're going to spend or what they're not going to spend. I had a client come in hmm, probably two months ago. And, you know, I went through the whole, uh, you know, a slideshow and the collections and all the thing. And she just touched my hand and she was like, I appreciate what you're doing, but I just want the biggest thing that you have and I want the best. And so just tell me what it is. I'm going to just, you don't even have to show me this. And I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and so it was awesome, but I did not go into it thinking that. And, and I was like, Ooh, 
I, on my next one, I'm going to go into it thinking they want the biggest, they want the best, they want the most. She ended up spending quite a very, you know, a very, very large amount that I would have never imagined she would have spent. She bought five albums. I'm like, why do you need five albums? But okay, well, <laughs> I'll sell them to you, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we can't, um, we can't put our beliefs off on our clients. Like I am not my typical client. I'm certainly not my ideal client. I would I not few of us are. spend what my clients spend. Um, but that doesn't matter. And I think that trips up a lot of photographers. Um, just because we wouldn't spend it doesn't mean that we shouldn't set our prices at a certain level. Like you, like going back to the, what we said at the beginning, you have to build the business that you want. A business is built, you know, McDonald's built their business for a certain customer. Um, Ruth Chris built their business for a certain customer. They're two totally different customers because they wanted two totally different business models. One is more about the experience and the long meals and the sitting down and all that. And one is drive-through service. Same thing with photography. One of the things too, and it goes off that it's two completely different business models. Yes. And one of the things that I think that I hear a lot from photographers that I think holds them back from actually charging what they need is they say, well, I want to be the photographer who's able to appeal to everyone. Yeah, you can't. I, I don't want somebody to walk into my studio. Well, ha- probably not even going to have a studio if you're not price correctly, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to support that for one. But I don't want them to come to a session with me. And I don't want to limit who can afford me. And one of the, the questions that I always have for them is... What is your end goal? Do you want to be able to serve your clients to the best of your ability? And they usually say, yeah, well, yeah, of course I want that. Mm -hmm. And my next follow-up question is always, then are you able to do that if you aren't supporting your, if you are not, you know, being the best version of yourself and serving yourself the best to your ability? Yeah. If you're burnout, worn out, stressed out, not taking care of your health because you are working so very much, you're not going to be any good to your clients or to your family. Now, I see a lot of photographers who um, talk a lot about experience because that's the big buzzword. You cannot have, I'll go back to the food analogy, you cannot have a Ruth's Chris experience on a McDonald's pricing Mm -hmm. menu. It doesn't work. Something is going to break. And that's usually the photographer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Your pricing has to align with your brand and the experience that you're offering. Otherwise, you will burn out. 100%. I remember. And whether you like are like, oh, well, I can still do my client experience at a low price. No, I, I remember the, the, it was like one of the prime examples that I love using because it's so true and it, it ties in with photography a little bit. And people often think they're like, oh, well, if I just do better work, it doesn't really matter what I'm priced at because I'm still putting out the quality work. And one of the things that our brain does is we use what are called heuristics. And what a heuristic is, this is like a psychological sociology thing. So science background. So I relate everything to science, guys. Welcome to my world. (laughs) And um, one of the things in the psychology and sociology with heuristics heuristics is it's basically a shortcut that your brain has made. And over literally hundreds of years, thousands of years, what your brain has been programmed to do is survive. At a primal level, we are all designed to survive. In fact, the frontal cortex of your brain is purely survival. In fact, we didn't develop our, the, the back portion of your brain where all of your, your logic, your rationality, your reasoning comes from until much later on. And so evolutionarily, your brain is going to resort to that frontal cortex to survival mode first. 
And what happens is those heuristics are programmed in that part of your brain. And so what happens is when we are put in a situation where your brain has to do any sort of work, what your brain first does is it says, how can I arrive at the solution or the answer the quickest way possible? And so it says, well, if I were to take this shortcut, you know, walk through the backyard to your neighbor's house versus walking around the block, that's a lot quicker to get there, right? So you're going to expend less energy, it's going to be faster for you. So therefore, we're going to take that route. Mm-hmm. And one of those that we've developed is what I call the price value heuristic. Mm-hmm. And what the price or the price quality is what I call it, mm-hmm. um, the price quality heuristic. And what that is, is it's basically saying that price is tied to quality. And we see this everywhere. We see this when you walk into Walmart, you know, that something, you know, let's just say two coffee makers, for example, because that's something we all use, you know, you can buy a Mr. Coffee for like 20 bucks, or you can buy the $300 thing that steams your milk and, you know, pulls the shot or it's probably like 3000 to be honest, but you guys get the idea. Not at Walmart. (laughs) Yeah, not at Walmart, right? So you're, you know, you're walking to, uh, I don't know, the the Sur La Table or whatever it is. And your brain says, okay, well, the $3,000 one is got to be much better quality. Yeah. doesn't matter what it is. And I remember I was in Europe and one of the things that I wanted to do was take some really great landscape photos. Mm -hmm. And so I brought my tripod. It was like, like probably like a $40 tripod that I got at Best Buy. And I was like, yeah, this will hold up for, you know, lug it in my backpack and train (laughs) and plane rides and all that stuff. And sure enough, like day one, like a screw, it was like a plastic screw that held everything together, just absolutely stripped. And so I'm in Germany in like a small town where my, my uncle and aunt and cousin live. And I'm like, I got to find a tripod. So we drive over to the next town. Everything is, and we go to a camera store. Everything's in German. I don't know (laughs) what the brands are because the brands are completely different. Like there's no Manfrotto there. Like, like these weird off brands. Um, and one of the things that I did was I looked at the price mm-hmm. and I said, okay, this is like a 200 euro one, one was like 60 and then another was like 30 euros. And That's in my brain, I know nothing. Yeah. yeah. I know nothing about the quality. I don't know anything about the brands. I don't even know what materials are made out of because the signs are in German and I do not speak German. I speak a little bit of Spanish enough to get by and I solely relied on price. And so with photographers, if you come in and you say, well, I'm going to produce amazing quality work, but I'm going to price myself low. What happens is literally your consumer's brains cannot process it. No. They will not. And you think, well, I'm going to overcome that somehow. How are you supposed to overcome thousands of years of programming? How are you supposed to do that? Because you may be great at what you do, but I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to overcome their initial gut primal instincts. No, you won't. Price is, is um, marketing. It will either attract a person or repel a person. Um, somebody who's attracted to a $300 price is, price point is not going to pay any attention to the $3,000 photographer and vice versa, you know? Um, And you're right. You will look at those two photographers, same quality. Well, you can look at both of them, but yeah, you will immediately go 300, 3000. Well, the 3000 one has to be better. If the work is equal, then the experience must be better. But let's even just say like their photos are the same quality because people are like, well, why wouldn't you go with the cheaper one? why wouldn't you? Well, it's because of exactly what you said. The $3,000 one must be better. It doesn't matter about the quality of the work. Yeah. It's those assumptions we make. Yeah. So all and you're I, doing by holding, yeah, go for it. No, no, no. I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. And I think the, um, the thing that it holds us back is, is fear. And that's what our brains are meant to do, right? Protect us from danger, protect us from the unknown and give us that um, safety and security. I mean, that's the whole caveman thing like that. We had to get to the cave for, for safety, right? That's what, what it's all about. So um, 
that fear of failure though, it can, it can really hold you back. Touch more on the safety and just comfort though. Touch more on the safety and comfort. I mean, that's what we want as people, right? That's what I want. I want to be secure in my life. I want to be comfortable. Um, stepping out into the unknown is like crazy scary because you, it's a risk. You don't know what's going to happen. And, um, and I think that that goes to the beliefs. If you don't believe that you're going to be okay, you're never going to step out. Hundred percent. That unknown. Um, it en- it enables non-action, is what it does. Yeah, yeah. You get frozen when you get, um, you know, when you're up against some fear. You're either going to run the opposite direction. You're going to, um, or you're going to freeze, and and not just what you said. It's a whole lot of inaction, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, or going backwards. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. How can photographers get out of that? That's a great question. I think you have to, you're stumping me on this one. This is where we pause it because this is where we keep questions. it rolling because silence is golden. folks. Silence is golden. Silence is golden. You, you have to trust yourself enough to know that, um, you you have to you have to believe that you can do it like if you you have to become that person that you're not yet right your actions can't follow something that you don't believe in so um yeah i think for me it has a lot to do with faith that when i take this step i'm going to be okay and that goes to some deep faith, but I mean, we're all brought up differently, but to know that I'm going to be taken care of and, and be okay. Um, so we all have different belief systems, Yeah. but um, I think that for me, that's a big part of it. Well, I think like the very first step is just recognition. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, AA where it's like, <laughs> you don't have a problem until you admit it or whatever they say in their meetings. Like yeah. the first, what is it? The first step in, in AA is like admitting you have a problem, admitting right? You have a problem. The first yeah. step in overcoming your limiting beliefs is admitting that you have a limiting belief. Sometimes you don't know. Yeah. You, even, you can't even see it. We're so close to our own problems that we don't see it, you know? And a lot of times you tell yourself, I have, um, you know, students who have just these uh, ingrained thoughts and beliefs and stories. You lie to yourself so many times you, you believe it. I'm not a numbers person. I'm not a numbers person. I'm not a numbers person. I'm so unorganized. I'm a scatterbrained. I'm all over the place. There's not enough time. I can't do this. You say that enough. It becomes your belief system. It becomes you. It becomes you. You become scatterbrained. You become unorganized. You are never a numbers person, right? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's a, a lot of our business goes back to our mindset. Everything. It's everything, right? We weren't born business people. None of us were. That has to be learned. Those are skills that have to be learned, but you can't learn them if you don't believe that you can be that person, I think. So, because I can talk to you, I can give you a list of action items. I can give you a marketing plan. I can give you workflow. I can... Um, you know, give you a whole pricing structure. But if you don't think that you can be that person, then it'll never work. Couldn't agree more. It's it's one of those things where I think a lot of photographers come in and they think exactly like what you said. If I have this action item, then I will be able to do X, Y, Z. Or if I have the perfect formula to run an amazing senior rep program, then I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll get people on my team. Or if I just know what to put in my collections and what to sell for my photo products, then people will start to buy it. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is they do that and they don't see the results and they Mm -hmm. think, well, then I need to do something different. I need to find a different photo product to put in this collection, or I need to do my senior rep program a different way, or I need to, you know, I need to do this in a different way, or they just 
quit and they say, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Or that didn't work. Um, I'll go one step further because I know that you deal with this too. Well, I did what Sean said and it didn't work. So I'm going to go to Gina. Well, I did what Gina said. I'm going to go to Sean. But, you know, that didn't work. What's the common denominator? And it all stems from those limiting beliefs. It all stems from how are you approaching the situation? Mm-hmm. Are you sorry? Can you guys? They've decided to do yard work like outside. So can, I hope <laughs> you guys can't hear the like, <laughs> somebody is like, I don't know what they're doing. They are like, have decided to edge the entire length of a football field or something like that. I don't know what is going on. I can't hear it. You, Perfect. That's why we out. use these podcast mics. So hopefully they block out some sound, but. <laughs> It goes back to like you holding yourself back. Mm-hmm. Not trusting yourself too. It's everything. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons that I'm like, I'm so, I, I usually get so fired up about this and why I talk about this so much is because I see that everything stems from it. Mm-hmm. It's like the soil that you were planting your tree in. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to build an oak tree in your backyard, that you want to put your kid's tire swing up in, but you plant it in bad soil, is that oak tree ever going to grow? If your goal is to have that oak tree, have, you know, the American dream, the white picket fence with like the perfect, perfect yard or whatever. If you aren't giving your tree the best soil to, to grow in, if you aren't putting your mindset, your limiting beliefs, if you aren't putting yourself in the position to say, I can do this or that this is what it will become. You're never going to get there. It's never going to grow. You're always going to be left with that ceiling. And then what you, what do you do? You go to the store and you buy a different tree and you plant this and say, I hope this one will grow. Because we're impatient. So impatient. We live in this instant gratification world where we expect immediate, immediate results. That doesn't happen. Not with your business. A business is, I mean, I, I think I said this earlier, it's built. It takes time to um, nurture it, water it, even if you plant it right beside a stream that has tons of um, water and nutrients. It still takes time to grow. And um, a, a tree, like a fruit tree, it only bears fruit in a certain season. Right. And so it, it, a lot of times we don't see what's happening and we get discouraged and, you know, you don't just plant a tree and immediately there are apples. It doesn't work that way. And a lot of times we give up on it. Like you said, we give up on it too soon. Um, this is a long game. Yeah. If you're in it for the quick, you know, the quick buck or to me, you know, That's not to see it happen tomorrow. No, if you just want to do $150 mini sessions just to make a thousand dollars on the weekend. Okay. But that's, that's not sustainable. Yeah. To me certainly wouldn't be the, the life that I would want. It all goes back to what do you want to build? Do you want to yeah. build a business for you bringing it full circle right there? Yeah. Is yeah. this what you want? Or are you just doing this because of what your immediate needs are? Yeah. Are you building this for what you need next week or next month? Are you building this for what you need 12 months from now, 24 months from now, Mm -hmm. five years from now? For your lifetime. Like exactly what we talked about in the very beginning. Is it sustainable? Can um, Can you stand on your own two feet with that type of business model? Yeah. I don't know how long we've been going. I did not watch the clock whatsoever. So this is, might be a really long episode, but uh, yeah, I don't either. Um, what I do know you... that my um, monster drink is kicking in. That's heck. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've just been sipping on my Red Bull. I, I told Gina I'm on cup of coffee. Number two today. And, you know, being up at 4am and why I'm a little wired right now, but this is just me. This is, you know, knows. I'm like, I'm just, yeah, this is just me all the time. And, and it's a, it's like, it's a topic I'm fired up about. Like I just, yeah. yeah so that's why we're, we may have run a little bit long, but what are your, that's okay. where, what do you want to do? What do you want to wrap I, with I closing that, thoughts? Well, I think that the important thing is 
well, I'm, I'm the important, I don't know if I said that right, but I think the cool thing is that, um, well, one, this industry has a lot of really good leaders in it. And um, the, the fact that you and I are kind of on the same wavelength and um, have some of the same common goals, I think are, is really cool. So whether somebody chooses one of your programs, one of what if they choose one of mine, I think they're going to be getting solid business advice. Um, Not for me. Go to Gina. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, I think you're in it. And it's like I said, you know, um, it's like going to the ice cream shop and everyone has a different flavor that they like as their favorite. It's yeah. all about preference, right? Mm-hmm. Some people have different teaching styles. Some people, I'm, I, my students know that like, I'm kind of a no BS person. Like I don't really, I don't really give in to like excuses or if they say, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this. And it's, you know, the opposite of what we had talked about like two weeks ago with them. I'm going to hold them accountable and be like, back it up here. I'm like, do this. Yeah. Where is the action? Yeah. Yeah, But but it's like, as long as you know that who it is that you're working with Mm -hmm. brings some level of, I think, actionable action, accountability, accountability. There we go. Trying to say, yeah. Yeah. Red Bull does not help your brain processes. Apparently hold you accountable. Right. Like, yeah. I tell mine we're not, we don't swim in the in the river of misery around here. We don't we don't just pity party it. Okay, you can have a bad moment. That's fine. But then we're going to pick ourselves up, we're going to dust ourselves off and then we're going to be the boss that we know we can be. Cuz we don't stay there. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't serve you in any capacity. So pick yourself up. Let's go. What's the, what's like the five minute thing where it's like, if it doesn't matter, it's like, you can't spend more than a minute for every, like, it's like either month or year that it impacts you or something like that. I don't know. I'll have to look this up. It's like, if, it, if, if you're not going to remember this in like, it's like, if you're not going to remember this in like five months or five years, you can't spend more than like five minutes, like thinking about it. Something like okay. that. Gotcha. I have a screenshot on my computer that says you're allowed five emotional minutes a day and then you got to be gangster. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. I can have five minutes a day. <laughs> That's awesome. So this was awesome, Sean. I really loved it. I know we probably left a ton of stuff out that we wanted to talk about, but we will come. I you want to know what's funny is on my notes, we hit on the first bullet point and that's it. Because I told you, Gina, we would be amazing and we would be okay. Because once we start talking with our Red Bull and Monster, right? magic happens. Oh my gosh. I told Sean, this is my emergency drink. And I, well, before we even got on the episode, the, the podcast, I was like, let me go get some water. I'm going to let my dogs out and I'll be right there. He's like, I've already had two cups of coffee and Red Bull today. And I'm like, oh no, it's okay. I'm going to get my emergency caffeine. Yeah. And then, and then you guys can't see this because you don't have the video, but Gina literally walked back to the back of her studio. She's got it in a, like one of those fire extinguisher cases. She broke the glass and grabbed her monster. True story. True story. Yeah. So where can uh, my listeners find you? Where can they hang out with you? I was about to ask you the same thing. Um, I hang out uh, mostly on Instagram. Uh, They can find me at Senior Studio Success. I have a Facebook group too. Love to have you in there. We always chat business in there. Um, And then the website, it's it's really easy. It's SeniorStudioSuccess.com everywhere. What about you, Sean? Love it. Um, Well, obviously the shoot for success photography podcast. So that's where you listen. And then I'm on, I'm on Instagram a lot. My personal account. I'm not like, I can't run two accounts like Gina. I'm like, (laughs) my mind just doesn't work like that. So, uh, there is a podcast, uh, Instagram that's in the works. I need to hire like a VA or something to do that for me. (laughs) Systems and and processes, which we'll talk about. We'll talk about that one next time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Sean Brown productions.com is the best. And um, by then, seniorphotographyeducation.com will hopefully be live. So may or may not, if it types in and redirects you, it's not live yet. But if it doesn't, <laughs> then you're in the right place. I'm going to get into your like DNS records and like push it. That would be lovely because I don't have anything else on my plate more than to fix that. <laughs> 
This was awesome. Thank you, Sean, so much. I'm excited to get this published and out to both of our audiences. And we'll do it again. We'll have to do like round two, round three. And we can get to our second and third bullet points. We'll get to second and third bullet points next time. (laughs) So awesome. Thanks so much, Gina. You too. Thank you so much for staying all the way to the end of the podcast. Like I mentioned, if you have a chance to leave a review on iTunes, make sure to screenshot that. Don't forget that because that's how I get you entered because sometimes your iTunes name and your actual name are quite different from each other. And one of the things that I will also say is if this episode was of value to either you or somebody that you know, maybe consider sharing this episode as well as sending me or Gina a message over on Instagram. You can reach me at Sean Brown Productions or at Shoot for Success Podcast on the Instagrams. And just let us know what you found valuable in this episode and uh, so we can connect and say hello and thank you for listening. And then last, I will leave you with, if you have not already subscribed and you want to get more podcasts that are senior photography business related, definitely make sure to hit the subscribe follow button so that those will automatically come onto your phone and make sure that you do not miss an episode so that you can continue moving your business forward. So thank you so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next week for another episode of the Shoot for Success Photography Podcast. We'll see y'all later. One of the things I discovered early on in photography is that working harder isn't what builds a successful business. In fact, after coaching hundreds of photographers in every market across the country, the number one trait that they all shared when they were struggling was working harder than ever in hopes that things would finally come together. It wasn't until they figured out how to implement the proper frameworks and strategies that their business took off. That's why I've created this free on-demand video training series, the Intro to Senior Photography Crash Course, to help photographers who want to start or grow their businesses without spending years struggling trying to figure it out on their own. In this free training, I will teach you the steps you need to take that people like myself, along with hundreds of other photographers, have used to build their thriving senior photography business and be able to live the life they want to live. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes to unlock how to make that happen for you and your business and say yes to being the successful senior photographer you've always dreamed of being.